that's been percolating in my brain, I know, percolating, is because we've talked about Christmas horror the last few times we've been recording. Um, and it's something that one of my siblings brought up. So as you know, at work, I run a book club. And uh, in running the book club, I choose I choose the books pretty much in advance because we have to we have to order enough copies for the book club to read prior to the meeting and we get like a month each we get each month to like kind of read the books and so in thinking about Christmas horror and stuff like that um one of the last books we read in December of 2019 um I think it's called Seven Days of Us and it's about a English family who go to their like country manor home and the woman one of the daughters of who goes there she um is a doctor and she just finished doing like kind of like a doctors without borders and she goes to like country in africa that has this like terrible illness and because she was there the family has to essentially quarantine with her so they're stuck together for seven days without like outside contact because seven days seven days so I just keep thinking about that because, again, we read it in December of 2019 and like two months later, we hear about like COVID happening and my um, sibling that was in the book club read it and they're like, and we talked about it like months later, at, like after like COVID, like, you know, we had like kind of a general shutdown and stuff like that. And my siblings always like, it's like, how did you know? What was your premonition to pick that book? And I said, honestly, I was just looking for a holiday book for December that wasn't like a complete romance or like a cozy mystery. I was looking for something that, you know, had the holidays in it and was set around the holidays, but wasn't like complete sugary sweet nonsense. And I just, it haunts me a little bit. <laughs> I think about that and I just go, what are the odds? Like, what are the odds of all the Decembers and all the years and of all the, like, of all the gin joints in the world? Like, you walk through this one. I'm like, what are the odds? Like, I don't know. Was it a premonition? I don't know. But it's still a little spooky to me. Yeah. It's like I was just talking about Station Eleven the other day, which I loved the book. And then I never watched the miniseries because it, I remember it leading up to it because I knew someone who worked at HBO max like when that was like in development and it aired like march or april of 2020 yeah, and I it's like that. about a pandemic and like nobody wanted to watch it because they're like we're living this right now i don't want to watch this mm -hmm. and it like tanked and that sucks because i've heard from the people who did watch it that it's incredible and i think the book is amazing so like I just remember being like, how did y'all know? Because you should have known better. <laughs> you should have held that one for a while, right. I guess. And like Netflix, too, they also like a month before like the pandemic kind of really hit the United States, they released something on like it was like a documentary that me and my husband watched about like pandemic, like what would the United States do and like kind of different facets of like are we ready for it? Like what we do for research, like one of the episodes focused around a guy who was looking for a cure for the flu, like a, a universal flu shot. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Um, and then I'm just like, 
how did they know? Like, did they know? Did they know? Because that was, like, February that we watched it. Well, like, yeah. Because, I mean, like, people also, like, knew that COVID was spreading in, like, October, November of 2019. That's why it's COVID-19. Right. But, like, the U.S. didn't give a shit about it until it got here. Right. Because we're the U.S. We're the U.S. So it's um, just... I don't know. Yeah. Things that percolate in my brain lately and I've just I can't unthink about it now. And I'm just like, I what what was twenty nineteen Beth thinking when she picked that book for book club? I don't know, man. I don't even know what twenty twenty four Britta is thinking right now. Cause it's the new year now. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year. You're here. Unless the world ended and then this never gets posted. We won't know. <laughs> recording for the future (laughs) uh welcome to the lake erie library dear listeners i am beth and i'm britta and uh we are alive hopefully (laughs) right now we are but there's still almost a month left that's true that's true anything could happen and uh today anything could happen oh my gosh i feel like (laughs) i I'm knocking on my head. I'm knocking. Hold on. Knocking on wood here. Look at that. Light up. (laughs) My God. Why was it so loud? Sorry. It was emphatic. I listen. I would like I would like 2024 to be okay. I just feel like not to make this all about me, but I just feel like I deserve a year where only good shit happens to me. I'm real sick of the bad shit. I think that's very fair. <laughs> yes. We I did read. I've read a lot of astrology stuff lately and it did say that 2024 not to get too woo woo because I know that, you know, I'm sure I don't know. I don't know if there's any astrology girlies woo- that listen to. I'm the wooiest witch in the woods. But read that 2024 is going to be a good big year for Pisces. Here's the thing, though. It said main character energy, Mm -hmm. which does not mean good things necessarily. It just means you're at the center of it. Yeah. Which I don't I don't want the bad things. Keep the bad things. Give it to someone else. Give it to a Scorpio, not our spooky (laughs) sponsor. One of the ones I don't like. One of the October Scorpios I don't like. I'm thinking of one specifically. Give it to her. Oh, Okay. Um, anyways, so she knows what she did. She's a bad person. This feels very like Roxanne Gay, like on kind of the heyday of Twitter where she'd be like, I have my list of nemeses. They know what they I did. have my Aria list of like names of people who have wronged me that like, I don't quote them every night, but like if something bad happened to them, I don't think it would affect my day. <laughs> and she's like number three on the list. Wow. So. So starting so positively into the new year. <laughs> I'm just carrying the shit with us. <laughs> we are going to talk about today, you know. It's- what I need. We're going to take a hard left into what Britta needs to just yes. calm the F down. <laughs> We're going to talk about some spooky stuff as per usual. But, you know, I'm not saying winter's like the time of year that you go on a lot of trips, especially in Ohio. I think most people hunker down most people hunker down but you know where you probably would go if you were gonna go like anywhere you would go indoors somewhere and you'd probably stay the night at a cozy little oh i don't know bed and breakfast what do you think maybe or just like you know a remote hotel in nature yeah yeah 
fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so today we're going to talk about haunted Airbnbs or like haunted, kind of haunted locations in Ohio that are places that you can stay today. So the place that I am talking about, and I know the place, like they're places you can actually visit today. So if this is your jam, one kudos to you because this is not my jam. I don't stay at Spooky's places. I want to be home for the evening. Also, I just, my tater tot is at the age that I feel like this is when like the small children see dead things and like, oh, hi, grandpa. Hi, papa. I like, no. What? Who are you talking to? I don't want that. I don't want to deal with a, don't want a poltergeist uh, TV a moment. Danny Torrance on his big wheel. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. We're good. We're good for that. So I would 100% go to, what is it? The Estes? Estes? Oh, yeah. Oh, in Colorado. Yeah. I would 100% go there in the wintertime. Can you go there? Like, isn't that road still kind of impassable? I they have like um, conventions and stuff there oh, in like the winter time. Okay. Stephen King, you lie to us. I've seen people there when there's snow on the ground. All right, that's fair. He got me good. <laughs> I believed his world of fiction. <laughs> well, those are what like the seventies or eighties. Yeah, like yeah, snow snow 20, technology is twenty twenty three now. <laughs> yeah. I well, like I'm not saying we're the greatest at like snow technology because we definitely had snow in our location in November and I couldn't get to work because there was like a six car pile up on one of the major roads in our small well, that's town. That's not snow technology. That's just people who are dumb when they get in a car. Yeah, I think that's a thing was... with Ohioans that like it's just like every season people forget what weather is. It's like, oh, it's raining. I'm going to drive 150 on the highway or I'm going to drive 20 on the highway. I can't drive anything in between. There's no in between. Same with snow. It's like, what is this? I don't remember that my I don't get traction if I'm going a certain speed. What do you mean I have to break around this corner? I don't ever break around it when there's no snow. And I'm like, yeah. dude, come on. Yeah, I feel like... With that small spooky aside and stuff like that, we're going to talk about, again, these haunted places in Ohio that you can visit today. The first place I'm going to talk about is the oldest hotel in Ohio and was established in 1803. So, again, for those of you who are like, hmm, Ohio became a state in 1803. Well, small aside, we became a state in 1803 but we actually didn't become a state until like the 1950s because we were never officially declared a state and they had to post like many presidents later and be like <laughs> ah yes ohio is officially a state this is probably why we have such like a complex about like don't say we suck i yes a hundred percent there's still people that are like alive that like remember it's us like becoming an official state that and like the rust belt we got a lot of feelings about things yes so anyways 1803 we became a state uh we are having a birthday this year as as the state of ohio but uh the place i am discussing is the golden lamb inn which is a cool name for a hotel it would also be a good name for a serial killer <laughs> the golden lamb 
The Golden Lamb. I mean, it's catchier than like the Golden State Killer, but... I'm coming to you tonight live on the scene as the Golden Lamb Killer has struck once again. Yeah. Yeah, it has a good good feel. Good feel for it. We're not... This is not to inspire anybody to kill people. No, TM, I'm going to sue you. (laughs) Again, not to inspire anybody for that, but (laughs) we're just saying it has a good good ring to it so again it was it's in warren county and the warren county seat of lebanon uh in 1803 it has a four-story structure built around the 1815 rebuilding of the inn um and has colonial what is considered colonial architecture and it's known as the golden lamb because that's the image that was on its signboard for the benefit of the illiterate back in 1803 because that was a thing they had to do with. So yeah, all of um like central Philadelphia has street names running east and west because it would be named after the trees that were on that oh, street. Okay, so like you have like chestnut, walnut, pine. So like you could look at a tree and be like, oh yes, I'm on Pine Street. I need to go two blocks north. As long as you can identify the trees. If you're not a tree, if you're not a tree girly, you're if gonna you're have a hard time. You're not a tree girly, and you can't read. Where are you going anyway? <laughs> I can't tell if this is a walnut or a chestnut tree. They also had a lot of ginkgo trees, and those things stink. They are very pretty in the fall. They're though. beautiful, but those little fruit things smell real bad and they make the ground really slippery and everything there is brick or cobblestone. Anyway, back to the golden lamb. So um, it has also been known as the only hotel, <laughs> the only hotel, the Bradley house, the Lebanon house and the Stubbs house. So I said it was uh, established in 1803, but the actual other architecture of it was built in 1815 by Ichabob Corwin. We got some good names going on today. Ichabod or Ichabob? Ichabod. Okay. You, you said Ichabob, and I honestly like that better. <laughs> Ichabob. Um, That's so, Bob. Is that short for Robert? No, Ichabob. So uh, it was, so the reason this was built was it's on kind of a major highway uh, between Cincinnati and Columbus, and there's a lot of famous people that have visited here so we have for presidents we have william henry harrison which shouldn't be too much of like a stretch because he's from ohio um benjamin harrison john quincy adams martin van buren ulysses s grant you know there are a lot of ohio presidents i'm naming so i'm like yeah that's but it's also like feels like a given right that just means it was a fancy place to stay yeah uh, Ruther B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, William McKinley, Warren G. Harding, William Howard Taft, again, Ronald Reagan, and George W. Bush. W. Other famous guests include Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, Harriet Beecher Stowe, Daniel Webster, Thomas Corwin, Clement uh, Vallingdom. Did, who- the, did the devil stay with D- Daniel Webster? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Questions for later. So Clement actually infamously shot and killed himself in his hotel room at the Golden Lamb Yikes. while attempting to prove that a man who his client was accused of shooting shot himself accidentally. Ooh. I'm not laughing. Yikes. Oh, boy. Uh, Cordial Hall, which, who was Secretary of State for Franklin D. Roosevelt, 
uh, Robert A. Taft, DeWitt Clinton, and Lord Stanley, who later became Prime Minister of the UK, and more recently, Republican presidential and vice presidential candidates uh, John McCain and Sarah Palin uh, spoke at the Golden Lamb. Okay. So a lot of politicians uh, has kind of a reputation. And of course, it's it's like a nice place to stay. It is a fancier place to stay. Of course, it is haunted. Uh, but before I get into that, I will tell you that um, Robert... Uh, 1926, Robert Jones, who is the grandfather of Senator Rob Portman and husband of Virginia Kunkel, leased the Golden Lamb. And then in 1927, he refurbished it. And and then in 1969, they, re- they leased it to the uh, Commissar family who owned and operated the now defunct five-star Masonette restaurant in Cincinnati. The Portman family, so Senator Rob Portman actually owns the Golden Lamb today, which also makes sense that his family has kept it, and that's why a lot of like Republican uh, candidates and presidents have stayed there. They probably stayed there for free. Let's let's be honest, handshaking hands, all that type of fun stuff. But anyways, it is on the National Register of Historic Places in Warren County. It is also. Doom, doom. Rob Portman, he's texting you right now to thank you for the shout out. <laughs> I have a sibling that used to tweet just every so often to Rob Portman, and it was not nice things <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I feel like I can guess I'm, which one it is. I'm sure you can, and it tickled me every time it would come up. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, is that all you do on Twitter? And they're like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's they're like, funny. it's a great like way to just be able to let out your feelings i'm like yeah that's uh i mean you could do that now nobody's on twitter anymore like you can true. just go shout into the void yeah that's or as true one of my professors calls it the public urinal yeah that's about where it's at now wow how the mighty have fallen so anyways um the golden lamb is haunted that makes sense right it's like the oldest hotel in ohio obviously somebody died there um <laughs> They sh- in a really unfortunately funny way. Yes. Uh they shot the <laughs> Yes. It's not funny so, that it happened. It's just ironic. It's very ironic. So and the Golden Lambs like very much they know that they're haunted, so they like promote that as well. Which I feel like for Ohio and when we talk about these places, I feel like that's almost like don't you feel like that's very much like something that it's like standard fare almost when we're like yeah "Yeah, this place knows it's haunted it's advertising it's well haunted yeah it's like not a commodity but it's like become part of i feel like the hospitality industry it's like and we're haunted come here and spend your money do you want to bring your equipment extra fifty dollars yep uh so food network actually named the golden lamb uh ohio's most haunted restaurant and I don't know that Food Network has the authority to be like feels weird that naming they, things the most haunted. Yeah, yeah, feels weird. I mean, they do Halloween wars and stuff like that, but it feels weird that they are like the. I feel like ghost hunters should be able to. Yeah, this feels that. like more of like a, a gimmicky discovery. Yeah, that would be fair. Well, they're owned all by the same company. Yeah, now, but so. like that's why it's a different channel. <laughs> Like, if I want you to tell me they have the best twice-baked potato, I go to the Food Network. 
if I want you to tell me something's the most haunted, I want to go to like somebody who has actually like used the K2 meter before, not like Alton Brown. I love him though. If he told me it was the most haunted, I would believe him. I'd say go fuck yourself, Alton Brown. You don't know anything about ghosts. I love him so much. Now tell me the science of how I canal something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the different spirits that they welcome, uh, one is, of course, Clement, who was a celebrated Civil War U.S. congressman from Ohio who fatally shot himself by accident in the room that now bears his name. So it, if you want to stay there, you can stay in that room. Uh, he was a leader of a northern anti-war effort who's no, whose groups were known as Copperheads. So you might have heard that in like your Civil War history. Uh, he faced charges for treason for opposing the war, and he was then escorted to Tennessee. Eventually, he sailed to Canada, where he launched, launched a campaign to become Ohio governor while still in exile, before secretly returning to Ohio in 1864. I respect it. I respect it. Years later, uh, when he was in Lebanon in the second floor room of the house, known as the Golden Lamb, uh, he was ripped preparing a defense for Thomas uh, McGinnon, who was accused of fatally shooting another man in a saloon brawl. While demonstrating how the victim could have accidentally shot himself while drawing the pistol, he thought that the gun was unloaded, and then he fired a bullet into his abdomen. This is why you always check a weapon. You don't ever point it at yourself. No. Ever. So he died in the room the following morning. Uh, Several reports of a man matching his description have been made over the years. His untimely death is also not the only ominous occasion to stir up rumors of supernatural activity. So some guests believe the hotel is haunted by Supreme Court Justice Charles R. Sherman, who suddenly died at the end of the age of 41. So his death left his wife and 11 children... During the Civil War, a lot of Civil War deaths going on yeah. here. His 11 children, who included Civil War General William T. Sherman, penniless. So most of his children were put up for adoption, and some say the guilt of his family's demise kept keeps his spirit in the end. Okay. Uh, visitors and staff also have reported ga- ghostly encounters of a little girl who's believed to be uh, the spirit of Sarah Stubbs or Eliza Clay. So Stubbs lived at the Golden Lamb as a child, but eventually left married and had a family of her own. Some say she appears at the Golden Lamb as a young girl to revisit her childhood home. Other believes that the girl is Eliza Clay, the daughter of Henry Clay, President John Quincy Adams, Secretary of State and U.S. Senator for Kentucky. The Clay family was traveling to Washington, D.C. when little Eliza fell ill and forced her family to stop at the Golden Lamb. Eliza succumbed to her illness at the Golden Lamb, but was buried at a local cemetery far away from her Lexington, Kentucky home. They said, if you have some ghostly encounters, like, let us know so we can help appease them. I'm not, they didn't go into, the Golden Lamb didn't go into what, uh, what would appease them. So, (laughs) there are a lot of patrons that are like, is the Golden Lamb haunted? And they're like, I haven't seen any ghosts at the Golden Lamb. Um... But there are other people besides, so besides like these people who don't see anything, because that happens in a lot of like haunted locations, I feel like we discussed too, where you have like that one person's like, I've never seen anything in my life. I'm like, well, maybe the ghosts don't like you, buddy. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Quit being such a curmudgeon about it. But again, uh, 
another ghost story that people tell is there uh, is one called the imprint theory. So they're talking about with Sarah Stubbs, the reason why she like grew up to be like a a grown up far, far away. But then she died is that she imprinted on the golden lamb as like a child. Just interesting. Hmm. Um, but then another um, ghost story that people talk about is a mother told this reporter that's talking about this that when her son was four or five, the family was waiting in the lobby of the golden lamb. The The young son wasn't very patient. And he was getting antsy. He finally turned to his mom and said, can I play with the little girl over there? And his mom responded with, what little girl? And the boy replied, the one in the white dress on the stairs. And the mom looked up. And no one was there. Her son, who's now several years older, like reconfirmed the story. Was like, yeah, mom, I totally saw that little girl, but she didn't see it. So you know that goes with the theory of why I also don't want to take my tater tot anywhere. Your tater tot would be like, what's that? And there'd be nothing there. And he'd be like, what's that? Yeah, probably go up to it and try to hug it too. And I'd be like, uh, good, good. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, he gets like, um get him ranked up on the ceiling and he's just like good good uh another um so there's 17 historic hotel rooms one of the guests talked about uh having so he said that when he got to the each of the rooms have a little rope across the doorway so patrons uh can look into the unoccupied rooms without entering them uh when this one guest uh got to his room he was a musician who was playing for drinks, so he was a little inebriated. He decided the best way to enter was jump over, jumping over the rope. He made his attempt and landed flat on his face. The second he hit the carpet, he swore he heard a little girl laughing at him. <laughs> Again, inebriated. Uh, he got up and looked down the hallway and couldn't find anybody. When he heard about like the little girl haunting, he's like, I swear that was her like laughing at me which you know if i were a ghost running around and i saw to something fair, funny i would some dumb fleshy <laughs> wiped out and i was a ghost i'd be laughing at them too i yeah i would like that's fair there is a prominent skeptic in 2008 an investigative paranormal investigator who was also on the senior research fellow for the committee of skeptical inquiry i didn't i didn't know that was a thing it's called csi for sure get out of here get out of here he wrote that he had given a lecture at the university of cincinnati and then he checked into the golden lamb and he recalled that i brought up the subject of the haunting the night clerk told me a secret sometimes she confided because she found the housekeeping staff so superstitious and so superstitious and credulous she would slip upstairs at night and turn the pictures in Sarah's room just to mess with their minds. Uh, he then concluded with a great deal of self-satisfaction. Once again, I have confirmed the value of on-site investigating over armchair debunking. I had caught another ghost this time at the be- very beginning of a stay. Or had he? So uh, there is one skeptic that is like, nah, but other people are prominently like, I. the little girl one is like the most prominent of, the the ghosties that haunt this place um that so they see the little girl there's a little girl's dress lying on the bed um where they take pictures and this little girl took a picture of sarah's room sarah's room and um 
they saw like a little dress on the bed and when they took another picture it wasn't there mm. so that's creepy they see the lawyer of course who shot himself and he apparently just walks uh the halls and somebody said if he, anyone deserves to wander the golden lamb it's him he apparently also sits in rooms with the cigar and often peers through his room's windows what is that's a sad haunting well, also, though, like, is it a smoking room? Like, why are you smoking your cigar in here, ghost? <laughs> well, it was like the 1800s. They probably smoked wherever back then. Well, back then, then but now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's just to say it's a nice place to stay. It's very historic in terms of, like, if you're looking for a good chunk of history, I I hate reading, like, this feels like the same stories over and over again if you stay there you might come across like these three ghosts the one the little girl seems the most mischievous she might laugh at you if you do something dumb like trip and fall <laughs> or accidentally shoot yourself or idiot <laughs> but uh yeah if you want to like a place to stay that you know, you're okay with the ownership and stuff like that, then I would say check out the Golden Lamb. And apparently it's got a good restaurant. So if anything, maybe eat there. Then you can tell us how haunted it is. If your gravy bowl moves by itself, we'll know. What if it's like a Beetlejuice situation where it's like the shrimp or like hands and they like pull you into it? Oh my God. I want the song to play though too while it happens. Like I want the whole nine yards. Then, but then you'll have like that one skeptic who's like, "No, they're just recreating Beetlejuice." And be like, "Get out of here, guy, with your dumb credential CSI. Get out! Get out of here! Go! <laughs> Nobody likes salting another human being." <laughs> okay, are we moving on? Yeah, I, I, right. I feel like I've covered enough. I, I, if you know somebody, some historical person that's also into paranormal stuff gets on our credits and says hey you didn't name these five other ghosts i will feel properly admonished put it in the comments buster <laughs> so we're gonna move on to the punderson manor which is located in northeast ohio's punderson state park oh we went opposite sides of mm -hmm. the state it's about 30 minutes from downtown cleveland and the land was originally settled by Lemuel Punderson and his wife, Sybil. And the Pundersons operated a grist mill and a distillery. And the story of the Punderson dates back to the Ice Age. So Punderson Lake is about 90 acres and about 85 feet deep in some areas, making it one of the deepest glacial lakes in the Cleveland area. Ooh. That's for you, Spooky Lake Month girl. Thank you. In 1795, General Moses Cleveland stumbled upon the area and called it the Western Reserve. So you've probably heard the Western Reserve in some capacity before. Um, this is part of it. In 1806, Lemuel Punderson traveled from Connecticut and surveyed the area, settling what is now Newbury, Ohio. And Lem Lemuel met Sybil and married her in the autumn of 1808. I just have to stop for a second and take a side tangent which wow it's Britta who never saw that coming um <laughs> the name Lemuel always cracks me up because when I was performing in my improv group we used to always do these like characters mm -hmm. where Lemuel was away at war <laughs> and his wife at home was sending him dirty derogatype photos oh. <laughs> 
and it was like recurring characters that we'd bring up always and it'd be like one person like writing a letter and dictating it on one side of the stage and the other person receiving it on the other and then sending back their response and so <laughs> it was like Lemuel the years are long and the winters are cold <laughs> So. You never know. Sybil might have gotten creative. Maybe. So they they got married in 1808, and Lemuel built a cabin for his workers who were there to build his distillery and gristmill, and then he and his wife soon moved into the original cabin to be closer to the mill. Over the next 12 years, Lemuel and Sybil had six children, and Lemuel passed away in 1822 from complications of malaria. You thought I was going to say, like, diphtheria, I didn't did. you? I Not did. Not this time. <laughs> Get out of here, Balto. Oh. <laughs> um, there is a rumor, though, that he rode a bathtub out to the middle of the pond, pulled the plug, and drowned. <laughs> what a way to go. But the general information is that he caught malaria and he died. Which is not a, a good way to go. That. No. Um, Sybil and their children continued to develop the area, changing the name of the pond to Punderson Pond in honor of Lemuel. Sybil died in 1872, and it was stated clearly that no one owned the rights to Punderson Pond, so it was used for recreational purposes from people all over the area. It just became sort of a public use area. In 1885, James E. Wales started construction on a building that was later called the Wales Hotel, located on the south end of the property. And two years later, in 1887, the hotel officially opened and was operated by Wales and his wife. The hotel was beautiful. It had a dining hall, banquet rooms, overnight accommodations, music, fishing, boating piers, and fireworks over the pond. This hotel was open to the public for 20 years. After the deaths of the Pundersons, W.B. Cleveland got oh my god the family so this whole entire time sorry small aside uh-huh. i'm like i know this name i know this house why do i know this name in this house and the the answer is dear listeners is i have researched this house before but it's been so long and i've researched a lot of haunted locations in ohio that they all start to sound the same <laughs> um but as soon as you said wb cleveland i was like i remember having to write that down yeah okay yeah, this place is haunted. So he he started to purchase land around Punderson Pond after he visited the area and he stayed at the Wales Hotel as a child. And he was like, I would love to turn this into a private hunting and fishing estate for wealthy people only. So in 1904, he started to break ground on what was called the Big House, which is where Punderson Manor is today. Uh, W.B. Cleveland acquired 500 acres of the property, but that was not enough. So he took legal action to purchase the rights to Punderson Pond, which was owned by a descendant of the Pundersons named Ella. He won and got the rights to the pond, so he ended up with a total of 505 acres. All that for five acres, huh? Yeah. In the early 1920s, he... W.B. Cleveland was no longer able to care for the property after he got sick. So it was sold to Dr. E. Kopedge, which he was contracted by Carl Long, who ended up building a 43-room English-style Tudor mansion, Mm -hmm. beginning construction Mm -hmm. in 1925. And that is what we know as Punderson Manor today. This property eventually ended up in the hands of the state, and the manor was opened as a lodge. It's open to this day year round as like a recreational 
stay a lot of people go there when they want to like ski or do like outdoorsy things and then they stay at the manor historians believe the 29 room 14 bath mansion that now comprises the state parks manor house was being built for long's wife but long never completed the home as he lost his fortune during the great depression and he died before it was finished so like the property went back to the cleveland family and then to the state of ohio after that The state finally completed construction on the mansion in 1956, turning it into a resort with lodging and dining. It added 26 two-bedroom cabins, and by the 1970s, it was a popular getaway for Clevelanders as well as a stop for other travelers. It was then that people started to report strange things happening. Mm. So Mm. the ghosts. So I already told you about the story about the bathtub. There is a park ranger whose job was to make rounds through the building, And he said he heard a woman laughing loudly as he climbed the circular staircase from the resort's main lobby to the second floor. And at the same time, the hallway got like instantly so cold that he could see his breath. For a second, it engulfed us, he reported. Then it quickly went down the hallway and stopped. Once the laughter stopped, the hallway returned to its normal warmth. Other employees have reported fires going out, pencils flying through the room. Doors opening and closing, faucets being turned on and off. People who have worked there for a long time are just sort of used to it to the point where they just like yell at the ghost to stop it. Could you imagine just minding your own business, like cleaning like the library type room and like all of a sudden a pencil just like past your ear? I'd be be so mad. Be like, listen, I am just trying to clean. Leave me alone. Yeah. And so they said after they would yell at the ghost to stop, um, often it would stop for like two days and then it would start (laughs) up again. A restaurant hostess took a little nap in the employee lounge and she said she woke up to the sounds of children laughing and running around the sofa, but there was no one there. Oh, in 1979, three employees were staying late near the front desk. And one employee left to go get coffee in the kitchen and came back moments later saying, like, you come with me. The two of you have to come with me. So they walked into the room that is now Punderson Manor's lounge. And all three saw what looked like a lumberjack hanging by the neck from Mm -hmm. a rope that disappeared somewhere near the ceiling. It was slowly rotating like somebody hanging And they watched for almost three hours until the sun came up and then the image slowly faded away. That's so when I think of things that have ingrained in my brain, that's the ghostly like sighting where I'm like, that's terrifying. The Disney nerd and me, former cast member brain, is just like, that's just the like opening room (laughs) in the haunted mansion that stretches and of course you could always take my way (laughs) and then you like look up and see him hanging a recent manager told a couple who checked into the resort's windsor suite like all of the rooms have their own names um it's the most elegant and most haunted room in the hotel they checked in and then the husband came to the front desk and he's like my wife is she's like very normal so just this is you gotta go with me a, on this the, weird... the fact that she is this disturbed and wants to leave is i'm saying this is a problem <laughs> um he told her that as soon as they went into the room she sat down on the bed and then her husband who was in like the living room area of the suite 
came in a couple seconds later and she looked horrified and she said, get me off this bed. They're holding me down and I can't move. And he took her hands and helped her up like there was no problem. And she told him later that it felt like someone or multiple someones were sitting on her. Great. That's actually really terrifying. Yeah. Very often guests call down to the front desk to report like people being really loud in the room next to them and there's no one staying in those rooms. Uh, One man was, he (laughs) asked the front desk to ask the party going on above him to quiet down, but he was on the top floor. (laughs) The like umbrella company that operates the manor now had like a business a business weekend like Mm -hmm. conference thing happening there and she said that she got in the shower and while she was in the shower the like little waste basket in the bathroom moved over in front of the shower and so she couldn't get out it was blocking the shower door so she couldn't get out unless she moved it out of her way (laughs) and then she went to her meetings and came back and it was back in front of the shower again instead of where she had moved it to. Mm. That, yeah. <laughs> I would just be afraid of it tra- trying to trap me. I mean, luckily, it's just a wastebasket. But, like, you know, I'd be like, listen, I do not want to be trapped in the shower. Right. A press group was staying there overnight. And while they were trying to sleep, one person reported that somebody was, like, tugging on the covers as if they were trying to, like, take them off the bed. Another person er, reported an unexplained green glow in the room that slowly faded as the night went on. And after reviewing photographs taken during a tour of the mansion, one photographer found like cloud-like formations hovering around one of the tour participants. And that participant remembered being like really cold suddenly during that part of the tour when the picture was taken. I just love how extremely haunted this place is. Yes. Like what, what... Like, other than, we only know a few people dying, so, like, where are all these ghosts coming from? The Wales Hotel that I mentioned earlier, it was destroyed in a fire in 1885, and several children reportedly died in that fire, Mm -hmm. and that's across the lake from where Punderson Lodge Ah, is now. So So they're attributing that possibly that is the source of these ghostly children that are, like, laughing and, like, running around. Are you you telling me that there's been no ghost hunting groups, like, just hanging out here? There are several YouTube investigations posted that you can watch. Um, but no ghost hunters or ghost adventures. have reported seeing someone that looks like W.B. Cleveland standing in there. His grandson speculates that if Cleveland haunts it, it's because he loved the property and wanted to be buried there. Well, one theory says he is. <laughs> yes. So Carl Long, who purchased the property in the 20s and started building it to look like what it looks like now, it's that like English Tudor style He lost his money in the 1929 stock market crash, and some say that he killed himself in the mansion's attic. Oh. And they're saying possibly that is who they saw hanging. Hmm. There are no death records or other evidence to support some of these tales, but a lot of these stories come from credible sources, like people who have worked there for a really long time. Right. Or people who know absolutely nothing about the past and are like, hey, this thing happened to me and it's like too many details for it to be a coincidence. Right. I as I, I say when we talk about haunted locations, like when I'm doing the library program, like I'm not here to debunk like 
I'm here to report what people have seen. Like, I don't want to discredit people because sometimes strange things do happen that you cannot explain and cannot be explained by, like, science and logic and stuff like that. And who am I to discredit these poor people who are just, like, living their life? Now, do I think, like, people are getting possessed all the time? No, Zach, I don't. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to burst your little ghost adventure bubble is it ghost adventures yeah Yeah. he's ghost adventures sorry to burst your bubble but i do think like spooky things happen left the show and spilled a lot of tea about him so i'm not disagreeing (laughs) but yeah i do think that these spooky things happen and we should give people like a voice and like yeah this is what i saw i saw we watched we watched a man hanging for three hours yeah and that's i mean it's like a lot of like, those are the the strangest ones, but there's a lot of, like, the television turned on or off by itself for no reason, or the water turned on in the faucet, or the lights turned on or off in the middle of the night, or there's really loud banging coming from this room, or I hear people talking in there, but there's nobody staying in there, or the laughter, all of a sudden it's super cold. Like, there's one, I think the one park ranger, he, like, gives tours now there, and he was saying, like, I was looking at like the thermostat and it was set to 70 and I was shivering like it was this sudden cold and then it was gone. And a lot of people report seeing like something sitting on their bed or, you know, so it's like lots of spooky stuff like that. Um, But this is like a, a normal place that you can stay. It is beautiful. I watched a video that someone posted on YouTube of her and I think it's like her daughter are literally just like walking around filming the building as they're walking through there and they're there late enough in the year that there's snow like it was snowing and there is like a huge indoor pool with like these beautiful glass windows all around it and like I was just imagining like that would be a great place to like go swimming while you're watching the Mm -hmm. snow falling over this beautiful lake and like the hallways are just inherently creepy because they're very long and winding and skinny with low ceilings and all of the doors have like stenciled names on them and it's like the Sherwood room, the Chaucer room. So <laughs> it just has like a very shining hallway vibe I was gonna to say, it. I feel like yeah, I feel like any hotel or place that houses people like that's i mean that's why they made like an american horror story season about hotels now hotels are inherently creepy because they're not home right like they're not a home they're a place where you are shacked up with strangers for a few evenings and you all have this mutual trust slash distrust that like you're all here you're all going to kind of abide by social norms so then when you have spooky things happen you're just like hmm there's not a lot of like foot traffic in the hallways too of like hotels, so they all like right. inherently have that weird like liminal space creepiness to them. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, even like as I said, <laughs> this feels much. Punderson House feels much more haunted than the Golden Lamb. The Golden Lamb has like more histo- like the historic features, and like yeah, you have those three like main ghosts, and you hear like thumps and bumps and stuff like that, and part of you if you're like a skeptic might be like it's just an old hotel like I'm gonna hear like old house noises and that's something too like I know we've talked about like you don't like staying at 
places like you have a hard time sleeping at yeah it's not necessarily like us uh like because i'm scared though it's just i'm a very light sleeper so my brain is used to the noises of my house right i can usually stay asleep through that but if i'm anywhere else like it just any sound is like what is that wake up where are you (laughs) you could stay at punderson house and have the tv turn on for you and you'd be like listen yeah (laughs) got places to do and people to see you need to knock that off but yeah if there if these are places that you are interested in going to uh again you can make a cross-country journey there are definitely other haunted uh hotels uh the writer's inn is another one that i'm thinking of that's more southern ohio well the writer's inn is painesville painesville okay um i was going to discuss that but they're stories are more along the lines of golden lamb where it's like well like we've heard of these like three things that we could tell you about but it's kind of generic and then i saw this one i was like oh they're specifics we're gonna do this yeah one. yeah punderson house is like again i was i think i was confusing that and stan hewitt hall because they have similar some similar outside Stan hewitt is also i think tudor style that's why and so i was confusing the two and i was like mm. and then i was like i as you were describing it, I was like, why is this so familiar? Because you've read and researched and discussed this, Beth. How could you forget the man hanging from the ceiling? That that one stuck with me. That one was haunting. But yeah, so if you want to take a cross-state uh, trek from northern Ohio to southern Ohio, there are haunted places you can stay. And uh, you can let us know about them if that's something that you want to do with your life i guess in the new year check it off your spooky girly list or spooky i keep saying girly and it's not girly check it off your spooky list girly to me is universal non-gendered at this point as is dude and like girl because i will say that to like anyone that is acting up it doesn't (laughs) matter what you what your what your gender identity is you are girl (laughs) That's just it. Or my dude, please stop. My dude. That's that's a growing up in the 90s favorite, I think. My guy. Um, But yeah, so if you want to take a cross country, or I keep wanting to say cross country and it's not cross country. If you want to take a cross the state trip in Ohio, which is for us Midwesterners just a day, right? Like what's four or five hours? Nothing to us. But if you want to stay there, you can. They are open for business and you can let us know how spooky they are. Or maybe you're one of the lucky ones and nothing happens to you. (laughs) Uh, In which case, don't tell us because I like to think these places are really spooky and haunted. (laughs) Yeah. And also, if you eat in the restaurant, tell me if there's anything vegan on their menu. (laughs) Yes. That's my fear if I go to stay somewhere is I'm going to have to bring my own food because I'm not going to be able to eat anything. That's very fair. I think that's a very valid like concern. So, yeah. Uh, there are, again, other places. We just wanted to highlight kind of two of them. Uh, if you're into the more historic places, the Writer's End is historic. And I think it was a part of the Underground Railroad. It so was. Uh, that's another good one to, like, check out if you want to just... And that one's, that one's smaller. Like, the Golden Lamb is bigger than that, but it's not as big as Punderson. Uh, Punderson House, so manor. manor. It's it's so big. It's a Put manor. Put some respect on her name, Beth. <laughs> she is a manor house. Have they never dredged the lake 
to see if like the body was found. Oh, I think he was buried. I don't. Oh, okay. I just wanted. Have they just never judged a lake? Period. I you might find some stuff. Who there. knows? Listen, if we can connect this to spooky it's a lake, very month, deep lake. I would be so <laughs> excited. I just want to be friends with Geosaurus. That's <laughs> all. I just want to be friends. I just want to take a nap. <laughs> I just it's, we're we're on this uh this chill out episode. Um, I it's the beginning of the year. Everyone's talking about like new new year new me yeah that is also a into the dark oh hulu new year's <laughs> eve themed horror movie new year new me that you can watch on your your stay at one of these places and then like maybe a ghost will turn it to like laverne and shirley or something <laughs> um but like That's... everybody's on their like self-care game right now everybody's going back to the gym everybody's trying to be like i just gotta like vibe and chill out so that's what i want to do i told you my theory right of our haunted library why i thought uh the ghost that haunts our library was like upset with me kicking the kick stool across the library was it because you were playing music i was playing music but i was not playing i was playing uh three doors down kryptonite like i had it really loud and i think it offended the sensibilities of the ghost possibly i play music every morning when i open so i also don't go to that part of the library by myself though like if there's nobody else in the building i'm not going over there i think that's fair it's the spooky part of the library I always hear people walking and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. Or the toilets flushing and there's nobody there. Yeah, I mean, they're automatic, recently, but, but yeah. So anyways, getting out of our woo-woo, witch in the woods, local stuff. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you get to stay there. If you want to follow us on social media, please do. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Lake Erie Library. For Instagram, uh, Facebook, just search that and you'll find us. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year. I hope you guys are alive and well and just doing the best you can because that's how I feel about New Year's resolutions. I don't push them too hard. Yeah, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I feel like it's too much pressure. Also, I'm just happy because it's Capricorn season, baby. My favorite. Just for a little while. This I'm just shaking my head at the dance that she just did. <laughs> They're my people. I really, I have not met a Capricorn I did not like. Oh, you know what? That That's not true. Scratch that. Disregard that. There's one Capricorn that I was like, I don't care for you. Mm. Everyone else, though, I'm like, oh, you're a Cap? Yep. Yep. Got it. Understand everything that you're doing. That's my astrology bias mm. coming out. So, yeah. Hope you guys are doing well. Welcome back to the Lake Erie Library. <laughs> we got we got some good stuff planned for you this upcoming year. So keep keep listening to us, please. Hello? Is there anyone there? <laughs> oh, and let's thank our spooky sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, spooky sponsor. <laughs> That sounded very like. This is me, Ms. like a, a little kid, like holding up socks that I got for Christmas. Like, thank 
thank you, Grandma. <laughs> you go give her a hug. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> All right, guys. Thank you again for listening to us. We are the Lake Erie Library, and stay spooky, friends. <laughs>